Ah, what it is. Another episode you're getting to this week of Two Detroit Nerds. I'm here, of course, again with Dom, my co-host. Dom, what's up? Not a whole lot, man. We got we got some good shit to talk about today. Yeah. Some wild is, shit, but some good wild shit. This is definitely going to be uh, a, somewhat of a controversial episode, and you're going to get used to these kinds of topics because we're not afraid to talk about anything on this show. We are going to still, you know, keep it respectful and all that great stuff, and we're not going to try to alienate anybody. And just a disclaimer, you know, some of the stuff that we may be talking about in this episode might be stuff that you might disagree with or this might be something that you know you have your own opinion on we respect all opinions we're just voicing ours and we're going to do it in the nicest way possible uh but this is still worth talking about because it does kind of have to do with anime so let's talk about it as but always before we get into the real uh crazy stuff here um i did want to talk about a show that i've been watching that I mentioned in, maybe it was the, the old podcast, but I think I mm-hmm. might have mentioned it on the first episode. Biggest anime out right now. Easily. Chainsaw Man. Uh, I wanted to talk about, I've been catching up with the series. I, I binge watched like all seven episodes that are out right now. And uh, I got to tell you, it is, the hype is real. Yeah. Like the hype is, I'm so anti-hype. Anytime somebody's telling me to, it's the One Piece effect. Yeah. Anytime somebody tells me that this is the greatest thing ever, you're going to love it, yada, yada, yada. I'm just like, all right, sure. For How sure. great could it be? But there's been two times in my life where people have told me that and they've been right mm-hmm. and I've been wrong. And that's with uh, Attack on Titan. Yeah, I waited. I waited a long time to watch Attack on Titan mm-hmm. because I just kept hearing all this great stuff about it. I was like, how good could it possibly be? Yeah. Especially if all... Because I like a show that's a little bit controversial because that kind of tells me that it is really good. You really? Know? So, like, if, if it's got this wide mass appeal, like a Naruto, I'm almost like, how good could it really be? Right, yeah. You know, like, if everybody likes it, I don't know. But... Attack on Titan, everybody likes it, and it is that and good. And it is, yeah, it, it, absolutely. It is that good. And the second show is, is Chainsaw Man. Um, now I have put this this show in the category of shows like Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. And the reason why, and this is a spoiler-free review. I'm not going to be talking, because Dom, you still haven't seen the show. I haven't, man. I've been a little, little lacking in that area. So I wanted to talk about, first of all, my first impressions from watching the first episode up till getting to where I am now. The first episode, I got the feeling that I was probably not going to enjoy the show that much. It was a little bit rough. It was mm-hmm. kind of a, a, a hard landing into the world. It kind of made me feel like, ah, this is going to take a couple episodes to settle into. And I just didn't know if I was down for that kind of a journey. I was expecting, I had very high hopes for it. So I was expecting, bam, from the, I was expecting Attack on Titan. From the yeah. first episode of Attack on Titan, you're in. You're in. You're, the show, there's no getting out. Yeah, that's now your life. Like when you watch that first show, you're that first episode, you're just like, now I have to devote all my time yeah. to this show. Chainsaw Man isn't like that. I actually took maybe a two, three week break before, yeah, before going on with the show. Um, and uh, the second episode. Again, hard landing. Yeah, I, was just I heard like, that. I was just like, all right, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm understanding the world now. The fight scenes are incredible. Studio Mappa's doing their thing with the animation. Everything about it is showing me that this is a show that I should stick with. Mm-hmm. So even though I wasn't immediately grabbed by it, I was like, I'm just going to keep trudging along. Yeah. So finally, uh, this past week, I just went and binged it because I hadn't seen a lot of the episodes that had came out. And when you watch it in succession, like back to back to back, Number one, it's like disorientatingly 
uh, dense in terms of its fight, yeah. and its fight scenes, and its amount of just like gore and explosions, and it's like it's numbing, honestly. Yeah, I bet, bro. There's just so much action in that show, and it's so incredibly well animated that um, I was like, how am I ever going to go back to a show that's not PC? Not like this. That's, yeah. that's how I was, too. Again, to credit Attack on Titan, my first time coming across that, bro, there was only so many anime I've watched at that point that were on that level of gore. So yeah. I knew at least going into this, I did only watch the first episode still because I'm kind of, I'm a little stubborn with shit. I like to wait till there's like a good 10 out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you, I'll binge it. Mm-hmm. For me, I can process the information better, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But... I feel you on that, because now a lot of times, if I'm going to watch like something that falls under the action-adventure, I'm like, ah, where's the heads coming off? Where's right. the body getting blown apart? What's going on here? Right, and where's the like wall-to-wall, like, kind of like... Because a lot of these shows, especially shows that maybe have smaller budgets, they mm-hmm. can only really afford to do one big fight an yeah. episode, whereas like you have uh, stuff that happens in both Attack on Titan and Chainsaw Man that... like. I feel like it's half the show people are getting torn apart. Yeah. There's just so much craziness. And then I started to recognize something about the show was that it was nonlinear but light. It was lightly nonlinear. It wasn't like it was hard jumping from uh, exposition to like a flashback to mm-hmm. something like that. It was like very stylistic in the way it was telling the story. And I was like, oh, like this show is actually doing a lot more subtly yeah. than I'm actually recognizing from the first couple of episodes. And as the show went on, I started to see that stylization of how the narrative is being pushed on you um, start to get more and more like uh, sophisticated. Yeah, absolutely. And that was the thing that I was like, wait a second, this is actually a much more... Uh, the word is sophist. It's a much more sophisticated story mm-hmm. than it first let on that it was going to be. Yeah, because you're like, all right, so you've got these things called devils that can possess stuff. You've got a guy that can turn himself into a chainsaw. You've got this organization that has to fight devils. Now he works for the organization, and it's sort of a bleak show. And you're like, okay, I kind of, I, I think I get what's going. Yeah, because it follows the norm. Yeah, and then it just starts to be very particular about what it shows you and what scenes it focuses on and also it just drenches you in action to the point where you might actually get disoriented watching the show yeah you might, you might be like, lost in the fights yeah literally lost in like what is going on and it just takes over like i was watching it with a good sound system it just took over my room it was immersive yeah in a way you were there you i were was in the world th- i yeah. was in the world in a way that i had never like since probably attack on mm-hmm. titan i had not seen a show that just dipped me in that world and didn't let me out until the show was until the For episode sure. was over and um one thing about the characters were I thought I'd seen these kinds of people before. I thought 100%. I was like, okay, yeah, we've got the sort of desperate main character. You've got sort of apathetic female character mm-hmm. that's sort of the, like, you know, protagonist kind of love interest. Yeah. You think you're getting it, but then everything starts taking these left turns and these right turns, and you're like, I don't know these people at all. It's I a perfect actually, setup. I actually have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. And then uh, uh, we're not finished with the season, so the last two episodes for me were some of the best anime I'd ever seen. Oh shit! Um, ever seen? It was totally immersive, like I just said, uh, completely surprising and incredibly unique in a way that I didn't think I was gonna like when I first watched the show. 
So before this first season is over, it turned me from being somebody that was sort of casual about watching mm-hmm. it to becoming a super fan. No, 100%. So, it would do that. I mean, I I told you in the past, like, I had read a good little amount of the show beforehand because on any app I was on, it was, it was always on the most popular, number one. Fast forward, anime comes out, first episode's out. Mm-hmm. I'm at, I actually watched it at work. My mm-hmm. coworker brought a oh, Switch, yeah. the OLED one. Hell we yeah. watched it on there. It looks clear. I won't even lie, like... I knew what to expect, but seeing this is one thing. This is a very good credit to the show for this as well, mm-hmm. at least for, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The CGI almost made me have second thoughts on it because I'm not like, like we talked about yesterday. I'm not big on CGI and anime. There's very very few exceptions I've made for it where mm-hmm. it actually works very well. Yeah. When I seen this and I first seen the the fight scene start off that way, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is how they're all gonna be. Is are they gonna keep to this? Right. But then I get you. You finish the first episode, and I'm like, oh, actually, this might be able to work. So, yeah, it says it, a lot about Mappa. It, it number one, yes, yeah, says a lot about Mappa, and number two, when it turns you like, I think that's really the theme of the show is it turns something that you wouldn't normally be that enthusiastic about into your favorite. Thing. Yeah, you love it afterwards. It, yeah, and that that really shows you how strong the source material is of the show, and it totally deserves the kind of hype it was getting because i think the people who had read the manga knew what they were in store yeah for. big time they knew you were going to get that kind of a feeling from the show and um you know it makes me want to go back to manga because like i really wish i was uh more versed on like what the show has in store for oh, me man. You know? like i i'm totally going in blind and i kind of enjoy that but uh the the best part about at least finishing the show was i realized i was getting the same feeling from watching a series finale that I that I got from like each episode past episode yeah like each episode has the same stakes feeling of immersion feeling of like total attention devoted to the screen Mm -hmm. that you would get when you're like finishing a first season but it's we're literally probably at the halfway point right of the season the season yeah so how many are all right now you said seven seven episodes I believe I would see I would hope they go with the 24 episode route because I'm, I, I feel like that's a perfect amount for a season, mm-hmm. depending on the show, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know yet till I watch it, so I'll know. Ex- you can kind of tell, like, if you read it and then you watch it, mm-hmm. you can kind of tell where the breakpoints are because most shows can fit, like, depending on how long the chapters are of the actual manga, it, it could be five, six chapters in one episode. Okay. Depending. Okay, okay. Maybe even more. I, I've, okay. I've seen some shows do it with more, so I would hope... I mean, even if they do it with the 12, they, they're probably going to go with the normal 12-episode season, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. That's usually what they do. And it, like I said, like we talked about in the past, mm-hmm. the pacing of today's shows is perfect. Yeah. I don't need 60 episodes in the season to finally get to the climax, to get to the point, whatever it may mm-hmm. be. So I think from what I'm hearing you tell me and from what I, the little bit that I have read, they're going at a good pace right now. They're not leaving nothing out. They're not opening too much out. And I feel like they're really, really leaving that room for imagination Mm -hmm. as a first-time watcher Mm -hmm. to see where this can end up being at and it's going to be huge yeah i I, i'm expecting a gigantic like huge season finale Mm -hmm. probably one of the best that i'll probably ever watch i mean from what you just told me i don't see how they couldn't i mean unless they totally botch it which come on smappa yeah right they're not doing that this is exactly like we're in store for something really special so if you haven't seen chainsaw man guys Please take the time to watch and catch up with the show. It's on Crunchyroll. Uh, you can probably catch it for free somewhere. I mean, it's everywhere right now. Literally. So it's the biggest show out. So check that out if you haven't already. 
Uh, one of the things, though, when I was watching Chainsaw Man that I was kind of concerned about was, like, kids are probably going to be watching that show. Yeah. And it isn't for kids. At all. It's, That's the one misconception about anime. A lot of people think the fact that it's animated is that it's geared towards kids. Yeah. Majority aren't. I, I, you know, not to take anything away from you guys, I know kids are probably the main audience that are watching this, mm-hmm. but let's be real here. There's a lot of suggestive themes in these shows and the rating, the ratings for them stand right. They stand mm-hmm. tall. They, they aren't TVPG, TVY7. Oh, these are all like TV14. Probably really should be labeled TVMA. I mean, you're seeing people, although it's animated, so it's mm-hmm. not live action. It's not looking real. People are getting their bodies torn apart. They're talking about things that kids may not understand or maybe will begin to understand at an age that they shouldn't. So I'm with you on that. I yeah. mean, this is not recommended for kids. No, it's definitely not recommended for kids. It's also one of those shows that can be very desensitizing like if big you, time if, if, even for me who's you know i've watched crazy stuff yeah but like that show it, it got a little hard to watch it like like back to back because it just had so much gore in it yeah um but it makes me think about like sort of the larger concept of anime and the influence it can have and uh that sort of sent me into a rabbit hole that i wanted to you wish you expl- could not yeah i i wanted to well first i wish i didn't get into this yeah. rabbit hole but it was something that I wanted to explore on the show. Um, so, shout out to Turkey Tom. He's a YouTuber. Uh, this has been um, a really interesting YouTube that I YouTube video that I watched. Uh, it has to do with 4chan, the femboy subculture, and a blackmail cult run by a guy whose name was Rico, um, or that was his username at least. Um, this YouTube video, sort of just to summarize was about a uh, particular 4chan user who was getting people who were a part of this sort of anime, weeb, uh, neat subculture that yeah. existed on 4chan. Neat. That's a funny word. Yeah, the sort of <laughs> neat femboy... Uh, sorry, sorry, this is before they became femboys. This was... They were... Uh, they, they were just sort of neats hanging out on 4chan, uh, neat being no employment, uh, education, or training. Yeah. So these are, you know, the basement dwellers of the world, you know, kind of aimless young men typically who spend all of their time online. Uh, there was this particular user who started to try to convince them to uh, that their issue was that their issue with l- their lives and why they weren't feeling um, motivated or wanting to do anything with their lives because they were actually girls that they should be <laughs> transitioning. And um, the the story goes so deep. In fact, this guy uh, starts blackmailing these people because he gets them, I guess, starting out as jokes to like dress up like girls and send him the pi- the pictures. And then the guy would then hold that picture as blackmail over these guys' heads and then tell them that they had to take TRT or uh, HRT, which is a hormone replacement um, uh, drug, to make them into girls. And if they and if he and if they didn't do that, then he would dox them. So they were basically being forced to transition. And a lot of these guys, um, you know, suffered from this. It was an incredibly horrifying story uh i'll post the link to the youtube video in the description for this episode so if you are interested you can always check it out there um but my god i mean did this have so many intersections dom into like anime 4chan the internet depression transitioning it it was like a it was a it was a documentary about everything that's that's going on today and it was perfectly timed i mean you guys I just watched the video before this episode, and 
the first opening line was, if you can't get a girlfriend, be the girlfriend. Now, what kind of shit is that? I'm sorry, but I just don't feel like you could, you would never be able to convince me, at least with this. The fact that people were convinced, and no way am I judging them, but it clearly shows they had something going on in their heads that neither me, Adam, or I'm sure the majority of you guys that are going to listen to this would ever want to know about. I mean, it was really bad. And and he just explained how he was getting these people to actually follow along with what he wanted them to do and commit more acts that we're going to be getting into here right now. But it, it just speaks in a lot of different areas to me. See, these are the people that give a very bad name for the anime community because a lot of people would associate you with that kind of shit. And yeah. it, you couldn't be further from that, at least with us and I'm sure the majority of people. Mm-hmm. It, it's just all around bad. You got these guys who have just almost no credit to society at all. Yeah. And I'm not judging them. I understand everybody goes through what they go through. I get it. I, I really do. You have hard times. You got good times. But at the same time, you got to have a clear picture of what you should be doing and should not be doing. And these guys obviously do not at all. I think uh, one of the scariest things about it was that every single um profile picture of everybody that was posting were all anime characters women mainly i've seen female anime characters and these were all guys that were posting and here's the distinction to make before people say this is transphobic here's the distinction if you're somebody that was that believes that you were born in the wrong body and that you you know need to become a a different gender that's or a different sex or whatever um that that's legitimate you you, people are like that that happens right but if you're somebody that has to be convinced or has to be coerced or, in, in this case specifically, has to be sort of brainwashed yeah. into thinking that and, and also threatened through blackmail into taking hormones and becoming a woman, that is a completely different yeah. thing. We are not talking about transsexuals or anything like that in this. We're talking about aimless young men who were taken advantage of by this very shadowy figure known as Rico who was posting on 4chan and and, and uh, creating his own femboy harems out yeah. of otherwise very lost uh, very um, aimless again just uh, neat that's basically the term um, that, that, we, that we're going to use but this is I think something that is particularly uh, affecting people who are big into anime and you said something before the show that i think is particularly disturbing you said on a lot of these shows a lot of these anime shows they do have a type of like an archetype of this uh type of proclivity which is you said that and just talk about some of the shows and some of the oh i mean i mean if you guys have seen any of these shows you'll know exactly what i'm talking about you got like tower of god there's a specific character his name is mr ho h-o-h you get a visual of this character, everybody, including myself, you're going to question, how is this a guy? And in what way? This is a man, fair skin like a woman, long blonde hair, faces even sculpted and illustrated to have womanly features. Now, I know people in real life look like that. It happens from time to time. But you kind of got to go through the distinction of real life and this to know what are you aiming at by making this character look this way? Why are you doing this? What are you trying to achieve with this? Now, it's happening so much nowadays that it's, there's clearly a message or something they are trying to get across by so heavily including these types of people. Not saying there's necessarily a big problem with them, but the majority of the times that you see a lot of these, 
they're using an anime where an underage character mm-hmm. is now fall is lustfully falling mm-hmm. for one that looks that way, mm-hmm. and you're finding out, oh no, I'm a boy this whole time. Yeah, I, I even watched an older show, um, Kingdom. It's called. It's uh without getting too far into it, it's basically a show based upon war back in the feudal era of Japan, and there's a character clearly is a girl. You see her looks, it's clearly a girl. For some reason, they make all the characters call her a boy. It's a man. He. Mm. They always refer to her as he. All mm. these things. You can tell by the way her face is sculpted all this. And they even have scenes where you see like a little subtle attraction mm. to this, what everybody thinks is a boy. Mm-hmm. On multiple characters in the show. Some of the main characters mm. even. And then you come out to find in the, within the second season, I think, or the third, they finally show you the reveal she's a woman. And mm. then everybody's really on board with all this lust. And mm-hmm. it's, to me, it's a little weird because... Not a little weird. It's very weird mm-hmm. because even at the time where the re- the reveal comes about, she's like 15. See, and, and this is this is really the, the most um, d- depressing part of this is that it, it just like Rico uh, was targeting these uh, sort of, like I said, uh, lonely young men who mm-hmm. were in search of something, a lot of these shows target very impressionable young kids who may not know you know, necessarily enough about themselves to really make the distinction of what they're into or what they're not into and to sort of be p- putting a sort of uh, blurred lines of, of sexuality and not making it something that um, is, at least, is, a, is at least something that could lead to a much more healthy way of looking at their uh, their own sexuality yeah. is, is damaging and it, and it can confuse people in a way that's just not... Uh, conducive to their growth as an individual. Or realistic. Or realistic. I mean, that's that's really the big one. And to go back to what, what Dom was saying, just to make this even clearer, like, the that opening quote in the documentary that these uh, that Rico would say to these people on the 4chan boards was like, if you can't be, if you can't get a girlfriend, be the girlfriend. So it's not, I, it's not that these people always wanted to be women and now right. are discovering themselves. It's that their frustration based on their loneliness has now been solved by them uh, capitulating to the suggestion that they should be a transition, that they should be their own sexual, that they should sexualize and feminize themselves. Yeah, because for what they, they want. Yeah, because they can't get the uh the sexual femininity out from outside of themselves and it worked for him so well because when you really look at it it, as simple as it may come off to a lot of us he basically does that in a way to pretty much eliminate any other way these guys might have thought it was possible to get a girlfriend now there's i mean there's there's plenty of ways you can't just try a couple times okay i failed nothing's working no no you gotta obviously continue to try obviously without breaking any barriers and crossing over a certain line but Mm -hmm. by him basically just flaunting this in front of them and and so so often just telling them this is the way this is the way it worked Mm -hmm. which is which to me is absolutely just insane that's just insane like i you would never be able to tell me (laughs) some shit like that and i'm gonna believe you not in a million years not if i'd never had a girlfriend for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy because he's basically telling you, telling them they're not going to get a girlfriend. Yeah. And then saying, be a girl now, and that's going to solve all your problems. Mm -hmm. Why aren't you saying it's okay if you can't get one? Right. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to have one. Maybe not right now. Sure. Maybe down the line, get one. But again, we're talking about a very selected group of people. Like Adam was saying, these are lonely guys. These are people who 
pretty much don't think they can do anything with their life because they're either being told that they live through that or somebody tricked them into believing that. In this case, it's the last thing I just said. He tricked them all. He made them actually believe they would never get one. So I don't know, man. It's it's really scary. And, and also just the fact that there is so much um, there there's so much of this that affects people because I, I would consider myself a heavy anime watcher. Right. Absolutely. But I'm also not. 13. No. And I think about the limited access that I had to anime when I was 13. Probably helpful. And how that was probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, Japan and the the fetishism that exists in Japan is so out of this world. We talked about it on the last episode with some of the other even darker things yeah. that you can find in anime. But um, I think that can be, especially for like a young kid that's vulnerable and doesn't really understand the world or themselves... Watching too much anime that has some of these themes in it can be very damaging because is. there is this quality to anime that really doesn't exist in any other art forms where, especially when you're young, it can kind of get under your skin. It's Easily. so well done and well made, and it's and especially when you're into cartoons and into uh, animation as a young kid, because anime is such a high version of that, it's such a refined art form it can influence you. It, it can, does. It can get under your skin. And that's why I was talking about on the last episode uh, about um, the whole Kirito effect, where if you have a protagonist that is, you know, being rewarded for not actually being good at anything, it can influence you into thinking that I should be rewarded for not actually being good at anything. The needs came out from the rocks. Yeah. I mean, come on. We, we're seeing this more and more these days. And, again, I know I, know I need... Most people who hear this are going to say, well, what what does that mean? Why does that matter? It's, it's that person's decision they made. It's nobody's to blame. In all reality, you're probably right. But at the same time, we need to question why the things that are normalized in anime are actually normalized. The things that are being done over in Japan, what they even in real life have normalized is really kind of shown and brought to life through anime in some ways that they wouldn't be able to in real life literally they would not like a lot of these things that they include in anime like um like we were talking about yesterday with fire force like the one of the fan services they have is the girl walking tripping and then all of her clothes fall off Mm. now adam and i were in our 20s our late 20s we know that's not realistic at all that's never (laughs) happened in my life i've never seen that i've never seen that happen in real life Right, right but to a young feeble mind a 13 14 year old who maybe wants to disconnect from everything else in his world. Him watching that and then taking slight interest in that can now turn into what we're seeing in this video right now. This dude, mm-hmm. Riku, he took advantage of what he knew people are actually following. Look, I mean, mm-hmm. if you guys check out the link, you'll see how unfortunately powerful his influence was on even just a few of these people. What he's doing would be catastrophic if he had a much larger following and a mm-hmm. uh, cult following him. But even this small number, what he's already had them do, it's really bad, you guys. I would highly recommend, if you're not faint at heart, check out the video. Yeah. Absolutely. It's definitely not for the faint of heart, but it is on YouTube, so it's not, like, graphic or anything like that. But just to see how far he was able to go in convincing these people to send him blackmail photos to then force them to get on HRT and uh, without or, or uh, in order for him to not release the photos to their family, um, the amount of coercion that was involved, the uh, coordinated efforts that him and all of his followers would have on, on 4chan and other boards to convince and recruit other people into this cult-like following was really a disturbing thing. And to see how all of this was sort of 
uh, aided and abetted by the imagery and the influence of anime. Yeah, um, is really an interesting thing, and it's it's sad and it's dark, but it does kind of make you wonder, you know, where does the line draw from? The, or where does the responsibility lie in some of these uh, uh, animes and the creators of these animes in how much is this stuff going to actually influence people and how much of this stuff can be used for negative purposes. Yeah. So uh, definitely check it out, guys. Uh, it's by Turkey Tom. I'll put the link in the description so you guys can check it out. Uh, Shouts out to Turkey Tom. Again, if you hear, ever hear this podcast, uh, hit us up. We want to talk more about some of your other videos. But yeah, that was what I had on on that topic. Um, but there was something else too. I think is a, sort of a broader concept, and I guess we wanted to go into the conspiracy corner a little bit here. Always, I'm always down um, for that. So yeah, welcome to the conspiracy corner, guys. This is one of our other segments uh, we did on the first episode. Talk about yay, and I just wanted to zoom out even further into just the music industry in general, and because we are talking about influence mm-hmm. and negative influence. And uh, I wanted to just sort of pick your brain, Dom, on wh- what do you think this is with the symbology of music uh, nowadays and how much darkness is being propagated and how much, uh, let's just call it what it is, satanic symbolism yeah. exists in it. What, what do you think is going on there? Well, let me start by saying we are and have been in the era of the exception and allowance of everything. And when yeah. I say everything, I literally mean everything. Mm-hmm. People are on board with anything. They have no shame in, which in most of these cases should. Mm-hmm. I, I at least believe that. Now, to go back to what you're saying, music, unlike anime, has been and forever will be very universal. Nowadays, I, I mean, all genres of music are everywhere. People know about all genres of music. They love it. I mean, music is hypnotizing in a way. It is. Mm-hmm. Nobody can tell me different Everybody has a song they can play when they're feeling any type of way to get them out of a mood or into a mood. With that being said, you should also understand how powerful that can be towards any mind. This is not like the anime discussion we just had where it's mainly aimed at the younger, feeble minds. This is any mind now. Yeah, Music can influence you to do good things as well. You know, you can go become a boss from it. Mm-hmm. You can go off, save a relationship. with Whatever mm-hmm. you may do with it, it is what it is. But we're going to go to the dark side of this. For any of you music video fans like myself, I used to be a huge music video fan. Couldn't wait for the new video to come out. Visuals with the song just really makes it hit on a different level than just the song itself. I've always loved them. Um, I'm not too big into them nowadays because of what I started to notice in a lot of them. Now, most of you people will say that an artist is going to express their art in the ways that they can, which I'm by all means fine with. Do that. I, I feel like that's the better way to get your creative side out. But there's one particular thing I've seen years ago that I started to see was kind of this pattern specifically within rap and pop, especially these days. Started to notice these these weird things that will always pop up. Um devils, demons, um sacrificial practices in very subtle ways. Um this inclusion for some reason really more in rap of these black and white checkerboards, black and white stripes for you people that are already into this kind of thing, you know what I'm getting towards. There's this heavy inclusion of Satan in music. And I know you guys are going to say he's probably always been included in music, but it's never been as often as it is today. Realistically, back in the 90s, rock and roll was the main genre 
that was including that. And, and that mm-hmm. was because that we were always sold and that's the devil's music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that kind of, um, what's it called? It kind of like fostered this group of people and everybody that was involved in music at the time to kind of go with that route. Everybody would always say rock and roll was mm-hmm. the devil's music because of the lyrics they were using and even their visuals at the time, things a lot of these artists were saying, claiming they were involved in show stunts, whatever it may have mm-hmm. been. Now it's all music. And this is where it becomes very bad if it wasn't already. Mm-hmm. Rap right now is the most popular genre of music, as we can see. Why in a music video, if you're talking about, I don't know, being from the hood, your upbringings, why are you showing certain images, yeah. uh, certain practices? In these? Why, what, what, what's it important for? Why is Young Thug talking about chains and cars but standing on a black and white checkerboard what does that black and white checkerboard doesn't have correlate to do with these two things don't have anything to do with each other why is it that uh lil uzi vert or travis scott or any of these major artists will constantly involve themselves with deeply satanic and occultic imagery to promote their music why is it that Playboy Cardi is at the peak of his fame and drenched in blood? Drenched in blood. And every type of thing that he produces or puts out has something to do with demonic entities, mm-hmm. vampirism, cannibalism. Why is that the biggest uh, uh, um, aspect of their visual representation of their music when their lyrics themselves have nothing to do with it? This is not Black Sabbath. This is Playboy Cardi. So what are we talking about here? And I use this uh, this um, analogy to talk to Dom and, and my girlfriend about this uh, last week. If I was somebody who had tons of... So this dog is going to drive me up a wall. Um, <laughs> if I were somebody who had tons of imagery and like figurines and posters and pictures of Lord of the Rings... If everything I had in my room and in my house was like pictures of Gandalf the Great and of like the ring from Lord of the Rings and the fucking hobbits and all that shit. And then you came up to me and you were like, so you must be like a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. And I was like, no, what? Not at all. I, what are you talking about? That's just... That's, what that, makes you think that? That makes that, that doesn't make any sense. I, I, I love... Uh, I, I love uh, Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yep. Star Wars is my favorite thing. I don't I don't like that. But every single I mean, literally the car that I drive has a vinyl wrapped around it that says Lord of the Rings. Your wallet says yeah, it. Yeah, and <laughs> and every time you ask me about it, I just kept on telling you that I like Star Wars. What would you believe? Would you believe that I'm telling you the truth, or would you believe that I might be maybe hiding what my intentions are, but still trying to signal to you hey, exactly what I really think? I'm on this side. That's how this stuff comes off to me, that it is more about a signaling, and it may not be you, that they're you as in the viewer or the listener, it may not, you may not be the, the, the target of that uh, signal. The signal might be for someone else, maybe an employer or someone that is a, a benefactor to these artists. Maybe they're letting these people know, I'm on your side, I work for you, I'm here to serve you, don't worry about it. I'm going to do this in exchange for fame, and you'll always have my support. I think that's more likely what's going on than it just being a fad or a trend. Because trends and fads come and go. But you said it yourself, and every time there's a popular form of music, these themes or this imagery or this type of uh, habitual behavior comes out or is shown. So there has to be someone who is in control or at least in an influential uh, station in uh, music that 
requires these things to be shown in order for these people to become popular, for that type of music to be propagated in the way that it does. And why not just think, like, I, my question was always, okay, they pick and choose to go with the visuals that they do for a lot of these uh, music videos. Now, the general masses, the general population would not be okay with some of these things. Like, if, if any of these more popular artists came out today on all their social medias, uh, if it was all over the news, they came out and said, yes, I am a devil worshiper, I worship the devil, Satan is my Lord, all these things. Could you imagine the uh, massive audience they would lose from that? So what do they do? Oh, well, let's just do it in little subtle ways. Why not in a music video instead of showing somebody covered in blood? Even a uh, good example would be ASAP Rocky. Mm -hmm. Even before he was as big as he was now, he mm -hmm. has that song, Peso. Yeah. In that video, it's mm -hmm. him and his boys, his crew, ASAP Mob. Mm -hmm. They're in this kind of like vacant looking, like almost like a church mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. what it looks like. And he's literally pouring up a pentagram mm -hmm. of coke mm -hmm. candles all around he's got a book in his hand i don't remember what book it was but mm -hmm. i'm assuming it's some practice of the devil some right. practice of satan right now you watch these guys in interviews when they're really just talking about their real lives or their beginnings where they're coming from none of these guys mention that their family mm -hmm. worship satan practice mm -hmm. any, right. any of that kind of stuff so what happens kind of like in that little area where they're not yet famous to when they now are famous what takes place then that allows them to even give the okay that yes i want this to be the visual for my song now yeah. i understand they don't have full control over all that usually their managers have more control their owners in this case if you mm -hmm. would yes they are being they are owned by somebody Absolutely. believe it or not if somebody is dictating what you say what you wear how you appeal to something they are an owner over you because realistically we should have full control over that these guys mm -hmm. don't so basically with that being said there is a reason why they are allowing so much of this to happen in their music could you mm -hmm. imagine adam you're a rapper as you are today in two years mm -hmm. you're at your peak of your fame right and your manager or video director, whoever it is, your A&R label, whoever it is, they come to you and say, hey, uh, yeah, your song about, like, uplifting people and you making it out the hood or whatever mm -hmm. it may be, we're going to have you riding around with a uh, Baphomet figure right next to you in your car. We're going to have you covered in blood in a scene. We're going to mm -hmm. have you on your knees praying to what looks like Satan, our depiction mm -hmm. of Satan. How would you, what would you, what would you do about that? I'd be like, fuck no, I don't no. want to do that. Drop me from the label. Yeah, exactly. But th there's a lot of things that happen too when these people sign contracts. I think Kanye brought it up in his Drink Champs episode, which is now taken down. Wow. Uh, that you can't, I mean, you can find it, but uh, this it's just interesting that he revealed so much stuff in that, uh, in that interview and people only want to focus on his like stupid, like anti-Semitic comments. Like obviously that stuff's dumb and he shouldn't have said that, but listen to some of the other stuff he was talking about. He said in these contracts, there are literal clauses that rappers don't read where it says you can't talk about God in some of the, yeah. some of these contracts. They literally say, we don't want you to, these are the things you're going to talk about. This is what we're paying you to talk about. If you talk about anything else, your contract is voided. We you're will out. drop you from the label. So, I mean, this stuff sounds so incredible and wild and, oh my God, you know, uh, why would anybody do this? But ask yourself this question. Do people get rich off of the communities that listen to rap uh, necessarily maybe having uh, negative experiences with, let's say, the law or let's say, um, you know, just the public in general? Is that advantageous for them? to have, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of black males uh, in prison? 
does that does does that benefit anybody? And the answer would be um, yes. Yeah. It benefits the private prison corporations that are publicly traded on the stock market, that are a part of investment plans that these uh, um, uh, record labels invest into. So this is all one big economy. And uh, if they require that to keep themselves rich, why wouldn't they make sure that it's being propagated in music? Yeah. Because music is, like Dom said earlier, one of the easiest ways to be hypnotized by something. Playing a song over and over again. I mean, think about, I think about this all the time because it's something that was so incredible to me um, that it reached this level of popularity and that no one, no one took a second and looked at how, how absurd it was. But the song Hot Nigga by Bobby Shmurda. Bobby Shmurda, you had people playing that at every... When I was in college... Literally, I was playing it. At, at every club I went to in New Orleans, everywhere, you could be at the whitest party in the white world, and they'd be playing Hot Nigga by Bobby Shmurda. And that song was played so much that you would hear people just, say, just saying the lyrics. People dancing, doing dancing, the dance he does, and, everything. And the song is literally him talking about who he's killed and who... Selling crack. And who the, who they sell drugs to and all that stuff. And, and people were mindlessly repeating the lyrics. Stuff that they didn't even understand what they were saying. So that tells you the, the power behind repetitious music is that you can listen to something so much that you'll know every single word to it and not even know what you're saying. At all. And that, I think, is really the, uh, really the power behind a lot of this stuff and the reason why it's, it's so much money and effort is put into propagating certain types of things. Uh, another Kanye quote, when he was on Joe Rogan years ago, he said, what would it look like if you had a stadium of 100,000 people singing songs to god and praising god and singing gospel uh what would that feel like because right now we have stadiums filled with people talking about singing to negative things and bad stuff and not god you can you know fill in the blanks of who else they might be singing to if it's not god so these are the things that that i question is what do these people have to gain and when you see and you look into it and you see what they're investing in and you see what uh, what's going on on the other ends of things, it becomes very clear that the destruction of a particular group of people and the propagation of negative information and negative uh, influence is actually beneficial to a very small group of people that have immense control over what you and I listen to and see every day. Every day, yes. It's literally, it's become a part of our life. And while... You know, being a fan of this music isn't the worst thing you could do in towards a contribution to society. Just make sure your everyday actions aren't aligning with that, because like Adam just said, I, I, in, in my opinion, they've they've basically made bad cool and good lame. Yep. They they have. I I mean, you can base like you just mentioned about Kanye saying in a lot of these contracts, at least to be mm -hmm. these famous people. Mm -hmm. Hey, you can't make songs about God, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. I get it. People don't want to possibly be influenced or almost felt as though they're forced to believe in or follow religion or practice. That's fine. I don't think religion should be forced on anybody. But at the same time, that is possibly and more than likely the only thing they tell you not to speak of in your music. Anything else under the sun, yeah, go ahead, put it out. I mean, bro, you got Rick Ross in the song um, You Don't Even Know literally blatantly admits to drugging a girl and raping her in this song. What did he lose from that? A Reebok deal. That's it. He's still a very famous and popular artist these days. How was that? How was that let 
just slide like that. That was just swept under the rug. Nobody talks about that these and, days. And these slaps on the wrist that these people get, by the way, if they could not lose anything, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have. They, they, if, if, if these corporations, if they just had, if, if there was just a little bit less uh, moral fortitude of the culture, they would not do anything to these people. The, the labels and the corporations do not give a shit what these people do. They only respond to if there's outrage from the public. Mm-hmm. So that shows you how much power you have as an individual. Yeah. That if you say, I don't want to listen to this stuff anymore, these people are just after money. They'll say, hey, that's no longer profitable. Let's talk about the stuff that is profitable. So just know that you do have the power at the end of the day, that these people are beholden to what you like as, as a consumer um, and not the other way around. So always keep that in mind and... Uh, you know, be careful out there. Be careful yeah. what what you're putting in your brain, what you're watching, the influences that are uh, around you, because it does affect you, no matter how strong you are. So that's what I got. For yeah, today. and if you're a parent out here, definitely be more aware of what you're bringing around your kids and oh, your yeah. children. That's because that's that could be way more detrimental. Because at least you may already have a molded mind and brain, whereas your kids don't. So, like Adam said, stay away from it. Be very aware of what you're doing. Um, if you are going to listen to or play things like that around your kids, give them a very clear understanding of what not to take in. Because mm-hmm. we as adults already can tell ourselves what to take in. We're in control of ourselves. Yes, kids, it's another story. Yep. Yep. There it is, guys. That's your second episode for the week. Uh, please email us at twoblacknerds at proton.me if you want to uh, have a further discussion. If you want any more information on what we think or if you want us to clarify something, just interact with us. Let us know. We're regular people. We'll talk to you. Yeah, all day. Yeah, we're not weirdos. We're not going to just ignore your email. So talk to us. Uh, otherwise, have a great day and uh, you know, stay safe out there.